Blog Talk Radio. Monday, July 27th, 2020. I'm your host and author of the book, Destiny Awaits, The Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, and contributing author to the bestseller, Memories of Heaven by Dr. Wayne Dyer, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Owings Mills, Maryland. This broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. We are super excited this evening once again about being with you and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled and joyful and loving life. So you can download this podcast from iTunes. You can listen to it via Apple Podcasts and also receive it via my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, or simply by Googling Blog Talk Radio, A Date with Destiny. Also, follow us on Twitter at least L-Y-S-E-101. That's L-Y-S-E-101. If you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. So once again, we are super excited to be able to share with our listeners information from people of all walks of life that we believe will inspire, motivate, and empower you. We are happy to be celebrating our eighth year of broadcasting and can't wait to share some great things from some really extraordinary people that we have coming up for the rest of this season. So tonight, we have another amazing show. Joining us this evening is an artist and activist, Jordan Marlino. And we will be taking, we may, we may if we have time, we may take a caller or two if you have a question that you would like to ask our guest. And you can give us a call at 845-241-9944. That's 845-241-9944. So, here we go. Jordan Merlino is a Baltimore native and paper cut designer who graduated from the Maryland Institute College of Art in 2015. Jordan discovered her passion for paper cut in the summer of 2017 when she started sketching one of her amethysts. 
The shapes she discovered in her amethyst inspired her to create a series of paper-cut works dedicated to crystals. Jordan has experimented with breathwork, Reiki healing, and meditation through the process of her work. Jordan explores creating work for suicide prevention and awareness, a cause she is extremely passionate about. Jordan's work has been showcased at Yoga Studios, excuse me, MICA Portfolios and Girl Museum Day. Jordan also has been diagnosed with a condition called dysthymia. Dysthymia is a persistent depressive disorder and is a continuous long-term form of depression. Jordan now resides in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yay! Um, that's someplace that, you know, one of these days I'll get to. And now joining us um, uh, for, you know, with a date with destiny, we would like to welcome Jordan Marlino to the show. Let's give her a round of applause right there. Yay, Jordan. Hello, Jordan. Are you there? (laughs) Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. Do you hear all that applause you're getting, girl? Man, that's like the most applause that I've heard in like two years. <laughs> well, you deserve that was, that was every really bit of it. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. You deserve every bit of that. Yes, you do. Um, so yeah, welcome to welcome to a date with destiny, and thank you for sharing with us this evening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you so much for, for having me. It, it, it's quite an honor to be on your show. Oh, well, you know what? This is going to be fun. Um, even though some of the uh, things that we will be sharing and discussing is going to be, you know, serious. Um, but, you know, I believe that what you have to share with the world is very profound and very important because I believe that all of our journeys, you know, we're here to learn to experience, to, to experience, to experiment, you know, all of that. And each of us go through, you know, uh, you know, life differently, but sometimes the things that we go through are very similar. So I believe that every right. person that comes on my show and is, is open to discussing some of the pitfalls, some of the experiences, some of the ups and the downs and so on and so forth will definitely be a blessing to someone else. And I know through your journey and your story, you are one of those people. So we really appreciate you coming on today. Really, really do. Thank you. Thank you. That's, you know, like, it's so beautiful to hear that um, because, um, you know, everyone has their own individual journeys, like you said, and um, mm-hmm. it just makes me feel very, very uh, gracious, I suppose, to be able to share some of the things that I've been through to help someone else. Like, it, it really means a lot. Well, you know, that's, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've watched you blossom. I've been knowing um, Jordan now for quite a few years and I've watched her grow. I've watched her go through some things and I've watched her blossom and she's found her voice. Um, And what a beautiful voice it is. I mean, you can go on and find her on um, Facebook, Jordan Merlino, and see some of the video blogs that she's done 
Um, she's just a real authentic being, one of the most beautiful beings that I've met thus far. So I'm so, you know, excited just to be able to, for you, for the rest of the world to see you through the way that I do, you know? Um, So the first thing I wanted to get to, um, we have so much and and trust me when I tell you the time goes by so fast. So we're going to have to bring you back on again, (laughs) if you're willing to come. That's, yeah, um, that's cool. You know, like I I will be more than happy to if you want me to. That'd be great. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. You heard that, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it. So what I <laughs> want to talk about first is let's just let's start off um on a on a good note. I wanna start well, all of it's good because no matter what we go through, we are we learn and we you know, we grow through that. So that's how I look at, you know, um, even some of the not so good feeling things that we that may happen to us, you know, those are even opportunities for us to grow, right? So, right. but I want to start off with something that um, is just so beautiful, which is your art. Oh my gosh, guys, you have got to see her art. It's very, for me, it's it's different because I've never really paid attention to um, paper cut before, not until you introduced it and some of your work. Oh my gosh. As a matter of fact, I'm in the process of buying one of your pieces. So yep. mm -hmm, I will have a Jordan Molino original. Yes, I will. And um, (laughs) throughout this, we will definitely give you her website and her Instagram, um, all of her social media um, networking places where you can, you know, go on and look at them and purchase yourself. So, but um, how long have you been an artist, Jordan? And what, and I know that I read in, in, in the introduction what kind of led you to this paper cut, but take us through that process. Well, I've been an artist since I was a small child, like I was like three that's when I mm-hmm. first started like drawing and painting and everything. Um, and then when I was like, you know, I used when I was a kid, I used to draw, you know, like cartoon characters and stuff just to kind of like, mm-hmm. I guess get more better at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But when I got into high school, um, I started focusing more on like, kind of like, you know, like portraiture and like kind of more like illustration. And I wanted to, go to school for it um the main reason why I wanted to go you know become a professional artist is because I wanted to make album cover designs mm. and illustrations and stuff for the music industry like t-shirt merchandise for bands and all that stuff because mm-hmm. you know like I just love music so much um but somehow you know I I I majored as an illustration major at Micah um, mm-hmm. and I kind of fell off it a little bit. And I guess what I mean by falling off it is I lost interest. It was very commercial, you know, like too commercial for my taste. And, um, mm. I felt like a lot of the artwork that I was seeing was very similar. It was by a, mm-hmm. it was like a specific style. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to do that specific style. So, I started focusing more on healing paintings and kind of like abstract watercolor paintings that were very, that were done under like meditation, meditative states. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then um yeah, I focused on those and then while I was during my senior year at Micah doing my thesis, getting through illustration and things like that, I took this really awesome class. It was a, a bookmaking class. It was like mm-hmm. you make books and that's how I figured out how to do paper cut originally was like cutting you know like literally cut you have to cut paper sometimes manually when you're creating a book by hand like an art book um Mm -hmm. and you have to like cut things together and collage things together it was like a very fun hands-on experience that like i i enjoyed more so than than drawing you know just like the Mm -hmm. hands-on just feeling everything it's very um Mm -hmm. stimulating Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I graduated college, you know, and, um, I did like a lot of, uh, repertoire illustration, which pretty much means like, um, in English is you're drawing your surroundings, people, places, stuff like that. I still mm-hmm. did a couple more of like those Reiki infused healing paintings, but I kind of like fell off it for like a year. And that's kind of like the year after that was when I discovered my love for paper cut and when I was starting to carve shapes into and then adding the healing paintings to it because um, you know a lot of paper cut artists and designers they just have the stencil I like to add the color to it so well it's absolutely beautiful and I saw um, where you posted some new stuff um, that you had finished and it is just gorgeous. It's like, wow. And it is healing and very calming to look at as well. Um, and I know that you, so are you still doing, um, other art or have you just, just decided, you know what, this is going to be it. This is what I'm going to do. So, um, I I do some, like, maybe, like, you know, watercolor and acrylic paintings, mainly because I'm an art instructor. I teach uh, painting classes. So, mm-hmm. like, I have to kind of keep my, my painting skills up, you know, mainly to teach people. <laughs> but right. um, that's, main, that's my main focus is paper cut because, um, you know, paper cut is a very meditative practice for me. It's just mm-hmm. almost just like that that's like a type of artwork that forces someone to take deep breaths. You know, Mm -hmm. like when you're carving out shapes and lines, you can easily screw it up. You know, Mm -hmm. if you carve something unintentionally, you may have to start the whole piece over again. And I've, I've had to do that a couple of times. So it's a very intensive, like, you know, it's a very intensive type of art form that, it is. You know, for me and for me personally, it's very healing and it's very therapeutic and it's like very calming, you know, like because you're forced to take deep breaths. So taking the deep right. breaths while you're creating is creates that healing energy for them. Yes. Yes. It's very intricate because I saw you do it online one day and I'm like, you know, just watching you do it calmed me. You know, because it's just, you know, and that's what we need more of. We need more stuff like that. Like we can just embrace and where it it forces us to slow down and take deep breaths 
and at the same time allow us to create something beautiful. You know, and I don't even care if it's a jigsaw puzzle. Like if you get one of those ones that's 1,400 pieces or, you know, whatever it is that will slow you down where, you know, that's the only thing that you're focusing on is what's in front of you. Right, exactly. Yeah, right, I like the exactly. color. Like I, yeah. I agree. Oh, you like coloring? I do. <laughs> I still do as an adult. And I went out and I've gotten, you know, I've got uh, several um, of those adult coloring books and markers and crayons and things like that. And I also like to paint. I like to to paint, you know, with what you do, instruct, you know, instructing people how to, you know, paint. I love doing that. Oh my gosh. That's Maybe awesome. we can do coloring that. Um, a very coloring and painting is very therapeutic. So it's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. So one day I'm going to get you online. Um, we're going to do a Zoom session or whatever, and you know, because I want to go and get some of the stuff. Um, Megan and I were talking about doing that. Um, getting some of the stuff from Michaels, <laughs> getting some easels and things like that. Um, so now I have yes. my own personal instructor. You know, yeah, I can. You know. Send you money and we can just get that thing going, girl. (laughs) You gotta bear with me because my jokes are terrible. So I (laughs) learned how to, you know, instruct art the weirdest way. I uh, worked as an activities assistant for um, dementia residents um, in Uh the memory care ward. Uh, Uh That's that's how I learned how to instruct. Um, Okay. I worked there for about a year. It was really fun. It was more like art therapy type of stuff. And you help, you know, like the residents kind of paint with their hands and stuff. It was very uh-huh. cool. Um, but um, I, when I left that job, I got this job at um, Painting with a Twist. Um, have you heard of Painting with a Twist at all? Yes, it's I like have. It's like the wine and painting uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I taught there for like <laughs> a year and a half, and that's where my – really terrible jokes came from oh no (laughs) (laughs) well but you have such a sunny personality so I'm quite sure that you know people enjoyed you regardless (laughs) oh they they do like I would say the weirdest stuff in class and people would just like they didn't know what to do but laugh and you know like (laughs) it's good to kind of bring that energy to that situation because when people come to like a public class for art they're so anxious so yeah like all right i'm we're just gonna do some bob ross and you know paint some happy little trees you know all this good stuff and people lighten up after a while yes yes especially after a couple glasses of wine yes they do Yep. <laughs> paint, paint. Oh, and I've, I've seen people like literally like drink out of the bottles. I can see. Oh no. <laughs> well, as long as they're having fun, you know, I, I don't even, I think maybe once or twice I've taken a little sip as I'm, but I take it very seriously because I want my stuff to look good. <laughs> so, you know, That's but it's good. a lot of fun. That's good. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But so, so let's get into, um, your um, um, depression a little bit. Let's talk about this dysthymia. I've never heard of it until you shared that with me. Um, and I look, I've looked it up. And basically what I found it means is it's a persistent depressive disorder. Um, and with this disorder, it says that you, 
may ha- may lose interest in normal daily activities. You feel hopeless, lack of pr- productivity, have low self-esteem, and so on and so on and so forth. So um, when were you diagnosed with it? When did you realize that, you know, you had this consistent um, depression, and how do you work through that? So um, I noticed when I – I never got diagnosed when I should have. I noticed I was depressed when I was a teenager. Uh, It started when Mm -hmm. I was, like, 13 or 14. Um, Mm -hmm. And I should have saw somebody when I was a kid, but I I never did. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, I just, you know – being a teenager is hard enough as it is, you know. Oh my god! Especially yeah. being queer, it's, it's even yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. You know, just being in the closet as a teenager is terrible. But um, mm-hmm. you know, like now, when let me let me remember, let me let me cut you off right there. Can I can I can I cut you off right there because you just said something before we move on. You said that being yeah, in the sure. closet as a teenager. Did you know as a teenager? You know, um, I found out when I was that, 11. Okay. Okay, so go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I found out I was I was gay when I was 11, but I, mm-hmm. I kept it in for a long time. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And um, that can that that can make depression a lot worse, but um, right. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'll get back to that in, in a minute. Um, okay. But um, I took this class when I was in college. College helped me a lot, actually, you know, because mm-hmm. of the distraction. I was constantly making projects. Um, wasn't really sleeping, but, you know, <laughs> who sleeps in college? But right, anyway, exactly. college was, like, a great distraction for me because, you know, like, I was a perfectionist, you know, I graduated with honors, so, like, I was really focused on my studies, um, mm-hmm. but, um, I remember I took this psychology class, and, um, that's when I first learned about dysthymia, was way back then, and I felt, like, this weird connection to it, but I'm just, like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, like, you know, because my professor, he, he was a, um, psychologist for for prisoners in like the prison wards for like 20 oh, wow. years or something mm-hmm. yeah he did some really intense like uh psychotherapy work and um that's when he he we were talking about different types of depressive disorders that that week and i was just like that sounds kind of like me but i'm not sure i need to talk to someone about it but mm-hmm. i noticed that from that moment from when i learned about it until i was diagnosed with major depressive disorder in 2018 it got a lot worse like it was really challenging to distract myself mm-hmm. i tried to commit suicide multiple times throughout that mm-hmm. time frame between 2015 mm-hmm. and 2018 um and then you know like i saw therapists and stuff and they didn't prescribe me on medication because they just thought i was going through a rough patch Um, when that necessarily wasn't the case because, you know, I got out of that environment. I got out of toxic partnerships and stuff, and I started living Mm -hmm. on my own. 
mm-hmm. and it's still it came back and it came back even worse i committed myself to hospitals multiple times and it came to this year in march when i was in observation for a week that's when i was diagnosed officially with dysthymia okay and i was prescribed medication for it so okay now is it an, a chemical imbalance um or it, you know because since you were prescribed something and it does it help with you know whatever you're taking does that help it at all it does help um you know like you someone with this type of depression like me um you notice after maybe like 2 weeks two or three Mm -hmm. weeks it starts to you start to really notice a change in yourself and that's has to do with definitely like a chemical imbalance in the brain like the brain isn't producing enough serotonin so the Mm -hmm. medication helps the brain produce more serotonin okay okay that's good to know because i've always wondered if you know, um, I've dealt with depression myself. Um, you know, I mean, who hasn't? Like, you know, we, this thing called life, whoo, girl, if you can get through this thing called life without right? ever being depressed, okay? <laughs> I just want to shake right, your hands exactly. because good for you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> a lot of us, you know, we suffer and we go through you know, some things, and we've also, you know, may have thought or had suicidal tendencies. I mean, and the more people that I talk to and open up about some stuff, oh, my gosh, it's like we all can, you know, really relate to stuff. You said to me, was it to me or something that I saw that you wrote recently when you you were talking, you said one of the worst things that you can say to a person that is depressed is to try to stay positive. Is that what you said? I'm paraphrasing. Yes. And I actually, um, I actually made a piece about it. Um, I made a poster design uh, about that. Um, So there are some things that people shouldn't really tell a depressed person how to be. And one of Mm -hmm. them is, Stay positive. Um, another one is smile more. <laughs> mm. um, I've heard that one a couple times. Is you should mm-hmm. smile more, and mm. that can be a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not fair. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's definitely one of the things. It's almost like it's very, you know, it may not seem to the person saying it, but to the mm-hmm. person that's depressed, it may feel very ignorant. Um, yeah. because someone's not there for their needs. So the best thing to say to someone who depresses, what do you need? Yeah. Just flat out say, what do you need? I'm here for you. Um, yeah. You know, that's the best thing to ask because that gives the person, uh, like, a window opportunity to maybe share something or yeah. just be like, hey, I, I just need to be alone right now or yeah. anything they need really. Yeah, yeah, because people just don't know what to say. That's like when somebody that you love transitions and they just, you know, really don't know what to say to comfort you. I have a friend that um, transitioned last year, um, almost almost a year next month, and um, I was talking to uh, my friend's mom um, recently, 
and she's still very, you know, she still feels it as if it was yesterday. I mean, this is her only child. You know what I mean? And she shared with me right. that um, one of her friends, she said she has this blanket that belonged to her son, and she wraps herself in it at night, you know, because she just feels comforted by it. And she shared that with a friend of hers. And the you know what the friend told her? Well, you know, it's almost been a year. It's time for you to move past that and this and that and the other. And I'm like, wow, really? Really? Yeah, like, people need to be, Yeah. Go ahead. That's terrible. It is. People need to be more sensitive because when you're going through something, even with if it's your if you're mourning or you're depressed, you you have to. People don't understand really like what that feels like at that particular time, and sometimes they like you said they just need an ear. Or right. if the person tells you, you know, I just want to be now. Let me let me ask you this question. So when you say, you you know, because sometimes you do may want to be left alone, but is it good to completely leave a person alone, especially if you know that they have suicidal tendencies? Like, how do you know when to back off and when to be like, okay, we need to call somebody? So um, that's a challenging question because I've been on both sides of that situation. Um, mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, like the friends that I'm friends with who have had episodes and they're like, hey, man, I, I just want to be left alone. I'll just be like, cool. And I'll just give mm-hmm. them their space. I'll let maybe like an hour go by and check back up on them and ask them how okay. how they're doing. Right. Okay. Um, that's usually what I do, but at the same time, um, it may be nice to be like, "Hey, um, you know, if if you know your friend has a therapist, be like, hey, did you talk to your therapist today? Like, do mm-hmm. you might want to give them a call and you know check up on your your therapist. Um, having friends like that to kind of be like, hey, like you might want to do this." Because it's in the best interest, that might be a good idea. Um, and I've had my friends say, like, hey, have you, like, talked, you know, if I'm having a bad day and they're like, hey, have you talked to your therapist? I'll be like, I haven't thought about my therapist, and that's actually a good idea. <laughs> I should probably get right. on with my therapist. So um, right. that's that's really a good thing to do. Um, but usually when someone wants to be left alone, um, they may have an advanced coping skills understanding so mm-hmm. pretty much the coping, there's like a whole chart of like coping skills and it's like goes along with like your plan um, mm-hmm. if you are in a crisis plan. So you go through all your your coping skills on let's say if you're having a really depressing day, you're like, all right, what's so, something that can take my mind off of it? Oh, I could go for a hike or I can do some artwork or play some music. If those things don't work, Maybe talk to a friend, talk to your therapist. If that doesn't work, maybe call a crisis hotline. If that doesn't mm-hmm. work, you can go to the emergency room. So, like, Got you. Um, usually, yeah, so usually with someone with, like, um, you know, a diagnosis like me, like, we have coping, like, a whole plan of, like, things Got to you. go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's talk about therapy. So, you you highly recommend therapy, yes. 
Yes. Hello, Jordan. I think so. Yeah, you... be... Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I like, it cut off. <laughs> the Santa Fe is weird with uh with phones, but um uh-huh. I I totally I totally recommend therapy for for everyone, honestly. Um yeah. maybe maybe if you don't have like you know, a mental illness or anything like that, it's still good to have a therapist to talk to, to share to. Um yeah. because, you know, they're able to kind of guide you in a way that can be very beneficial with your relationships, your career, yeah. your living situations, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and I I I agree. I I believe that we should all have some type of therapist, some type of therapy, <laughs> mental therapy, um because we go through so much and our minds is just never ceases to stop the chatter. You know, so if you if you're not into meditation, which is something that you should really start to get into meditation, but having that therapist, having someone. So and I tell I say this to people all the time. It's like if you have a toothache, what do you do? You go to a dentist. Right. If something is physically wrong with you, you go to the doctors. Right. So why is it that we have a stigma against mental health, a therapist who actually studied things of the mind and so on and so forth. And they can guide you and help you to get through some things, girl. I Therapists are amazing. It's out there for you. Um, I highly recommend people to just go online and do your research and find one. And um, that's what they're there for. And, and I'm quite sure that there's some that accept, um, you know, that are affordable, that accept certain programs and things like that. So um, I know, like, some therapists, um, you can totally get completely covered on, um, you know, Medicaid. Um, okay. I, I had therapists when I was on Medicaid when I lived back in Baltimore. Um, but the therapist I have here, um, and you can find this in, you know, like, any any cities that have schools where you have where students are learning to become therapists. I have a student therapist now, and it's free. Um, awesome. You know, they kind of take take it as almost like kind of like a trade. So they they're mm-hmm. taking their experience with being a ther with training to become a therapist with you for, for you know, and that's like your payment almost. Um, you're mm-hmm. helping them become a therapist, and oh, that's it's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So, like, if anyone is having any financial difficulties, that's something to definitely look into. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know for, you know, like, there are therapists strictly for people of color and LGBTQ plus community. Um, Mm -hmm. My therapist is part of the LGBTQ plus community, so that helps me a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually recommend, like, a lot of – you know, like, um, you know, a lot of people in that community to find therapists within that community, you know, because it's easier to yes. relate. Yes, yes. I, I would imagine because that's a whole nother, um like, um, issue, not even an issue, but just a whole nother, um set of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a whole nother realm of, you know, just issues. 
to deal with. um, Yeah, that's a whole nother thing because even though I know I could, I could talk to anybody about anything, um, you know, just pretty much anything, but when you can't really relate, you can't put yourself in that person's shoes literally because you have not experienced that very thing. You know right. what I mean? Cause I just truly believe that it's easier to talk to someone who is very similar, like, you know, who goes, you know, who, who's walked in that same path that you're walking on per se. Yes. You know what I mean? So I yes. totally agree. And it's good that you said that, that there are those, you know, therapists out there in the LGBTQ plus community. So that's good to know. Um, it is yeah. because, um, and I'm quoting the, the Trevor Project here, um, LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus youth are almost five times as likely to have attempted suicide compared mm. to heterosexual youth. That's actually wow. that's listed on their website under facts of suicide. Um, mm-hmm. The Trevor Project is also an incredible resource for okay. um, LGBTQ plus youth and um, LGBTQ plus youth of color as well. Like okay. they're incredible. Um, highly recommend them um, as a crisis line and just as a resource, but I feel like that's something that needs to be stated in terms of depression and mental health yes. awareness. Yes, Jordan. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, definitely a conversation. Yeah, and you've been very outspoken about that as well as the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, my girl has become a little Angela Davis over here, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) you have been very, so, so tell me how all of that came about. Like, you know, cause well, I'm gonna let you share your story of when you, you know, were here in Baltimore. I think it was when, um, oh, uh, the other guy, oh, my brain is just not working today, but the other protests before, um, was it Freddie Gray? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freddie Gray, um, and you did the protesting. So tell us how this, how you jumped on this, and you became like you know an advocate. Like you are really an activist now. So um, when when um, Freddie Gray was was murdered, um, that was right around my school, actually. Yeah, it was really sure close was. to Micah. Yeah. Um, and it was almost like a shock in the whole neighborhood because you know Micah is really close to West Baltimore, or it's actually mm-hmm. technically in West Baltimore, um, right on the edge of West Baltimore, and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so mm-hmm. um, I just remember like you know the fires and the protesting that happened. But I also remember just how a lot of news media was not talking about the the morning after and how the community came together to clean everything up and to just mm-hmm. kind of help one another out. If someone was hurt, they brought them medicine or, or food or water or whatever. Like, nobody talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I found out about it through through Micah because Micah is in that area and right. a lot of instructors you know this was during my senior year at Micah and I had instructors that were like hey if anyone wants to protest 
you can cut class. <laughs> like, you will mm-hmm. not get in trouble if you want to protest. So they were almost like, you know, they're, they were encouraging students to get involved. So that's how I got involved was through school. And in between classes, I would go to protests. Um, you know, um, not necessarily close to Pennsylvania Avenue, but pretty close. It was, like, around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, on the weekends, I would go to protests. I would, like, you know, try to figure out, because I was working, too. Um, I had a job mm-hmm. while I was in school. So I would set out, like, a day to go protest and then a day to do, like, my schoolwork and then my actual job. So what stuck to me, I went to this one protest at City Hall. Um, it, was on, it was on a Saturday it was an all-day event, but I couldn't stay all day because I had finals and stuff. But I was there for a while. I just didn't march. Mm-hmm. And it was a very powerful experience hearing the speakers talk. You know, like people were talking to me about their experiences with police brutality. Um, people, like, people were crying on my shoulder because they may have lost a family member through that Mm, and it was mm -hmm. really hard for me as a white person to reciprocate that but I was still there to you know give love and support and to just Mm kind of hold hold them and um yeah I just remember like while the speakers were talking against police brutality like in like the front lawn of city hall the building Mm -hmm. across from there there are all these National Guardsmen with snipers on top of this building watching everybody. It was terrifying. Mm. I looked at the oh person next to me, and I'm like, look, look at this. Isn't this scary? And they're like, they, and the person said, like, I swear to God, every time we try to fight for our rights, there's always guns pointed. And that yep. that statement always stuck, stuck with me. So ever mm-hmm. since the Freddie Gray movement happened <laughs> whenever there was police brutality in the news i always shared it on social media mm-hmm. um i always checked in with my friends because a lot of my best friends are people of color i always mm-hmm. check up on them see if they're okay if they need anything and mm-hmm. then fast forward to this year it happens again but mm-hmm. the thing about this year was it was it was like nationwide you know it's like five years ago it happened in certain cities where this year it happened in every single state across the globe yeah yeah worldwide Mm -hmm. yes it was it's awesome um to see all of that activism happening because this really needs to stop um you know supporting the Black Lives Matter movement to me is supporting human rights. It's being yeah. a, a human being, you know, yeah. and I just, you know, I I saw that so many spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual people were being mm-hmm. so silent about this public health issue that's been happening for centuries. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to lead meditations on this. They're going to be like virtual. They're they're like virtual protests in healing circles. That's pretty much mm. what they are. So, mm-hmm. 
for example, like I live in an area where there's not a lot of protesting going on. I don't have a license, so I can't travel right now. Not to mention mm-hmm. in COVID, you know, like can't really travel right. to a protest right now. Right. So that's why I let these. So it's like, well, if someone's in like a similar position or if they're in a position where they can't physically go out and protest, they can do it online. Mm-hmm. Because no one else is doing it, so I was like, you know what, I'll 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 do it. Like, you know, like I can I'll help bring people together because this we really need to promote not only a safe space, but we need to promote an end to racism and police brutality. Yes, yes, and you know it's so refreshing. I love you know I'm like oh my girl is she's just doing it, and you are like what you what you're doing is because see people of color we've lived this pretty much since our existence, so we know. You know, we already know what it's all about and so on and so forth because we've lived it. But there are um, people, you know, of non-color that they're just being introduced to this for the first time. Like they may hear a piece of it here in the news or a piece of it over here or whatever, but then they continue to live their lives. And while, you know, people of color are still suffering through, you know, injustice and racism and so on and so forth. So what's happening to for, for what I see, it, and it's so refreshing, it's so refreshing, your generation is now helping others to wake up. And people are waking up, and by you continuously posting the way you do and speaking out and, and, and just not tolerating any other noise, but this is what it is, and you all need to look at it. And if it makes you uncomfortable, that's good because it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. We need right. more of that. That's what we need because I was just sharing with my husband the other day, and I tell people all the time, you know, we can't do this by ourselves. And when I say we, I'm talking about people of color. We cannot do this by ourselves. We need everybody to stand up, to speak right. out against the injustices of what's going on to human beings. So when I see you, girl, when I see you, you just don't know. I always tell you that I'm proud of you because I've watched you discover your voice and you are you are like using it to the nth degree. Like my girl, she gets on and does her videos and she posts and she does live and you know and it's like yes girl you bet and not just for the movement but for all movements for the LBGTQ plus and for is is the trans is in there right all of that whatever that encompasses you stand up for it and you are educating other people to what's happening so let's let's do this right now because I just want to give you acknowledge and give you another round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Because you. you are doing it. You're doing it. You really are. You. And so it's, thank you for yeah, go ahead. It's extremely important. And you know, I saw like a post like I think like a month or two ago, you know, um, yeah, it was probably about, like, maybe, like, a month and a half ago. It was, like, during the the height of the Black Lives Matter movement when the media was, like, fully covering what was happening. 
mm-hmm. um, I saw someone, I think it might have been from Them magazine. Um, it's like a queer magazine, and it was talking about how, you know, people within the LGBTQ plus community are more inclined to be activists than um, than other people, like, you know, like mm-hmm. hetero people. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting, like this article was talking about that. And, oh, wow. Um, you know, because... They know what it's like to be discriminated against. Yes, in in some sort of way, yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I will say this on the air, but I get really upset when I see people of the LGBTQ plus community that are going against the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, it just yeah. infuriates me up beyond yeah. belief. And it's like... Sometimes I call them out. I'm just like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. have you experienced any sort of discrimination? Like, why aren't you helping? Like, you need to right. help. Um, right. It's just I I cannot encompass that at all. Well, what, did, what was his and response? It, it makes me sad. Yeah, what was his um, response? When I you... think they blocked me. Oh, oh. They blocked me. well, well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. fun. and and like, that I is got, really I'm like, like to marry whoever, like you know, I don't care about anyone but else. But isn't that the height of hypocrisy? It's like, wow, really, really, you got a lot of nerve yeah. to discriminate or not even want to, you know, try to help. And and you know, it's just a lot. See, mental health again, hurt people, hurt people. You know, that's just right. you know, and that's pretty sad. Hurt people, hurt people. So. You know, but the ones that we can, you know, um, reach, we just have to continue to keep going and keep moving and keep striving and keep fighting. Like, um, you know, John Lewis, you know, um, he was amazing. He was an amazing man, amazing man. And, you know, when he, uh, back in the day when he was marching with Dr. King and um, walked across the bridge and he was beaten and, you know, um, brain bashed in. I mean, the whole nine yards, that man could have held held on to that resentment for his whole life if he wanted to. But he chose right. not to go that route. He chose the route of love. He chose the route of still trying to right the wrongs. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we get hurt. But if we, because that's what they want. They want our voices to be silenced. You know, yeah. Um, but we have to keep on moving. We have to keep on speaking out. And and another thing too, from what I you know I I I know this for myself to be true. When you're focused on something or a cause bigger than you, it takes you away from your own depression because now you're not focused on self. We're focused on something greater, something that is like, oh my God, you know, what can I do to serve? And when we get in it, when we, when we take on a servant's attitude, that's when we start to heal ourselves because now we see, well, you know what? I am being useful. You know, they can use my voice. I do have something to give and something to offer. You know what I mean? So that also helps right. with taking your mind off of your own troubles, so to speak, you know? Right, right. I I actually want to um, 
add something, if I may. Um, yeah. That mm-hmm. just reminds me of just the deep spiritual importance of protest and yeah. just mm-hmm. being there for one another. Like, it it's so it's so um i can't even think of the word it is just such an experience being part of a protest um the to energy. be there with so many people with mm-hmm. one you know with one motive and in this yep. case it's for for black black lives and um ending racism and all that yeah. that type of stuff yeah. um it yeah. is a very powerful experience and it's like you know shouting like the chants like no justice yeah. no peace it's almost like yeah. a mantra in a lot of ways yeah. it's very yeah. powerful it is it's an energy that energy because everybody's mind is is of like minds at that moment you know so collectively when you've got that kind of energy the universe cannot help but to hear and to listen you know what i mean and i got goosebumps right. just now but it's like that's what prayer does you know, um, um, that's what, you know, what uh, meditation and, and the universe just, you know, synchronicity. And it is amazing. It's electric. It's magnifying. It's magical. It's just, just wow. And, and light always wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, love trumps hate, period. It just period exclamation point. And there's more love. I will continue to believe until my dying day <laughs> that there's more love on this planet than there is hate. But as light workers in which you are one, it is still our duty at this. This is this. We came here for such a time as this. We came here for such a time as this. We could have, you know, we could have chosen to come in the 50s. We could have chosen to come in the 1800s. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't, you know. But this time right here today is why we are here, why we chose this moment, because this moment needs specifically what you bring to the table, what I bring to the table, what that person and that person and that person brings to the table. Collectively, we're going to come through this thing because light will win. It just will. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Now, and it's gonna it's mm-hmm. gonna happen. Yeah. It is. So you might we might have to unplug every now and then and back away just to, you know, just to plug ourselves back in and re energize ourselves. And that's fine that you, you we have to do that. But when you do, get back on that horse because it ain't over. You know what I mean? Right. We still have a exactly. way to go. Um, I, I'm looking at the time, but there's something else that you, you know, um, we we said that um, you said you wanted to kind of talk about was how depression can manifest through past lives and genetics and um, early childhood. So you want to talk about that for a minute? Uh, yeah, just just briefly. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, depression can be a genetic type of thing, like maybe uh, mm-hmm. like a parent or a grandparent may have had it. Um, or it could be a past life situation. Um, I know in Buddhism, um, mm-hmm. if someone commits suicide, um, yeah. I know in their next life they have to face it. And that well, means yeah. they may have to deal with depression their whole life. So yeah. um, there's a lot of yeah. spiritual significance 
with depression. Um, yeah. Or it could just be like maybe an abusive parent as like a small mm-hmm. child and it just manifests, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of things stem from um, childhood. They just do. And the thing is, a lot of times we come into this realm through, you know, and I believe that we choose how we're going to come in and who we're going to come in through. You know, that I just believe that because there's certain things that we want to experience or can help um, uh, to, to make whatever we wanted to learn go by quicker. You know, get us to the point right. where, okay, this is what I'm supposed, this is this lesson right here. And until I get it, it's going to continue to be repeated. Oh, Lord. And so, you know, um, childhood, sometimes our parents are broken. So if our parents are broken, you know, we're, we're just like, you know, up shit's creek without a paddle. Because if they're broken, how can we expect not to be broken? You know what I mean? Right. And until we get a mindset, like right now, the work that you're doing on yourself, you, you've gone out, you've got, you know, you're seeing a therapist, um, you have, you're surrounded by love, you're surrounded by light, and I know that you know all of that, and even in your darkest moments, you know, you will, you will, the light, it might be just a flicker, but it's still there, it still burns, and I know that you see that and you feel it, and so you you put the work in, you've put you're putting the work in on yourself, so you know what you're doing, you're breaking a generational curse, whatever that curse may yeah. be. So if you decide to have a child, guess what? That child is going to be on point. Why? Because mom put the work in on herself. Yes. So I want you to keep that in mind, you know, and it's just like with all of us. I feel like it's the same with me. You know, the only way I'm able was able to raise my kids the way I did was because I put the work in and I knew that I did not want to be, you know, um, raise my kids the same way that I was raised. You know what I mean? Right. So that's how you break those generational whatever. And when you, if you decide, I'm, you know, I don't know, but in the future, if you decide, you know what, I do want to bring life in, that child's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing because well, you're putting you. the work in. Well, thank you. I appreciate in. that. And you know what? Like, I give you, like, so much love and respect for, you know, raising your, your kids like completely Aww. different from how you were raised. Like that's yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, thank you. Um and again because like I just believe that, you know, when we were just in spirit form and we decided how we wanted to do this thing this time around, you know, and it was it was like it was almost as if even in my childhood I was like enough is enough. You know, and no, nobody or nothing can break you unless you allow it to. And right. we're actually stronger than we give ourselves credit for. And so I believe that if you surround yourself with people who are strong, you know, and I'm not saying that when I say strong, I just mean you know, um, most most of us have already put that work in and we've come through on the other side. You want to surround yourself with people like that because right. you, those are the people that you can lean on. You know what I mean? 
You can lean on those people. You won't break them. And they're going to stand for you until you can get back mm-hmm. on your feet and stand for yourself. So I'm saying this not just for you. I'm saying this to everybody that's listening. There's somebody out there, and I was going to say this at my end piece, and I still will because, you know, the time is like run, it has run out. But, you, you know, there's somebody somewhere, and you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. It's not a mistake. You're here for a reason. And if you find a cause, there's so many causes right now out there that you could just pick one. Focus on that. Focus on helping someone else. And if you can do that, then the rest will just come. Because, Jordan, look at what you've done. Just look at what you've done. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you're creating through your art. I want you now to tell people how they can find your artwork, to give them your website information and all your social media information so that they can, you know, go on and purchase. Don't just look, folks, okay? She's an artist, so get on there and buy some of her work. It's amazing. (laughs) But go ahead and tell them your website and your um, IG and all that good stuff. All right, everyone. So my website is www.jmerlino, so it's M-E-R-L-I-N-O dot Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. That's my website. Um, you can see all of my work and I can read a little you know, snippet about me and all that good stuff. Um, and then I have, mm-hmm. like, a, a contact page, so you can, like, send me a message directly um, through my website. Uh, my Instagram handle is jmerlino underscore paper, or cut paper. Um, that's my Instagram. Um, I'm going to see some of these things. It's going to be a bonus Um So I think my username is just my just Jay Marino on Society Six and everything is thirty percent off on Society Six right now. So okay. <laughs> you can get a print on there for maybe like you know, twelve bucks or something. Um, that's the small one though. Okay. Well, and if you if you um off you if you're online and you are watching you know um uh, access the show from online. I've also put her website and her IG on um, this particular show, so you can also get it from that point as well. And she's also on Facebook, too. So, yes, Jordan, and that's Jordan with an A, J-O-R-D-A-N, Marlino, M-E-R-L-I-N-O, Marlino. I like that name. That just has such a, like an Italian feel. Yes, see, see that? I like that. Marlino. Okay, Miss Marlino. <laughs> I uh, just want to, I hate to, you know, I hate, I hate, I hate ending, you know, um, with my guests because we it, the conversation feels like it just could continue to go on. But I'm serious when I say I want you to come back because you do have so much to share. Like, just, you know, you do. And what you have to share and the things that you have lived through, Miss Marlino, matters. Okay? Um, so just continue to, you know, put one 
foot in front of the other girlfriend and take the time that you need to, you know, plug yourself back in. But we need you. We need you out here. We need your voice. And continue to just do what you do. All right. I will definitely be back on social media pretty soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Just kind of slowly getting back into it. But I will be back. Take your time, boo. Take all the time you need because we need you refreshed and ready to fight. (laughs) Okay. Fight may not be the right word. But you know what I mean. (laughs) So thank you again so much, sweetie, for coming on and sharing with us. And we will will have you back really, really soon, okay? All right. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Thank you, baby. Take care. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. We're down at that part of the show where I want to leave you with this. Um. Prevention. There's no sure way to prevent persistent depressive disorder because it often starts in childhood or during the teenage years. Identifying children at risk of the condition may help them get early treatment. Strategies that may help ward off symptoms include the following. Take steps to control stress to increase your resilience and to boost your self-esteem. Reach out to family and friends, especially in times of crisis, to help you weather rough spells. Get treatment at the earliest sign of a problem to help prevent symptoms from worsening. Consider getting long-term maintenance treatment to help prevent a relapse of symptoms. Because of the chronic nature of persistent depressive disorder, coping with depression symptoms can be challenging. But a combination of talk therapy, psychotherapy, and medication can be effective in treating this condition. And that's something that Jordan shared with us earlier. So if you're listening into this episode and any of what was discussed today resonates with you, please know, please know, that you are not alone. If you didn't hear anything else today, please know that you are not alone. Please reach out to someone that will listen. And I know that sometimes it feels like we are we are alone and that no one will care or no one will miss us when we're gone. But I also know that that is not true. There is someone, someone that cares about you and your well-being. And if at the t- at this time or any time that you cannot think of anyone that you want to reach out to, and if you're feeling suicidal, please call the National Suicide Hotline, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, the National Suicide Hotline is 800-273-8255. Other great resources um, are the crisis text line and the Trevor, like uh, um, Jordan said, the Trevor Project for the LGBTQ plus youth. So there you go. You have the suicide hotline and then you have the Trevor Project, okay, for the LGBTQ plus youth. So 
that will conclude our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us today. Shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me. And also to my friends and colleagues and all of my social networking sites. A special shout out to my um, son. Okay. Um, He actually, uh, well, he's just doing some great things. So, I'm just going to shout him out, and I'll leave that right there. Once again, a big thank you to Miss Jordan Orlino for taking the time to share a big part of her journey with us and her wisdom, and we are eternally grateful to you for that. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration and leave us a message um, to let us know that you stopped by. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash 101 and follow us on Twitter at least L-Y-S-C 101. Make sure you come back and tune in next Monday, August the 3rd at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. And always remember, folks, that real power comes from knowledge because knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first, because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. We gon' walk it out and move on day.
Thousand times again 